PlayStation needs to make more limited edition DualSense controllers. They got to they got to up their game. Uh, I don't know. I don't like. I don't want to have a bunch of them, <laughs> and I don't want to want like, them. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like you need two because the batteries are so like they're so short. Oh, yeah. That if you're really going to get in a gaming session, you need to have the other one on standby sometimes. Dual, so. dual sense akimbo, just like yes. <laughs> <laughs> dual sense akimbo. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> Welcome to the Nerd Nest, everybody. I'm Bill. Today, I'm joined by Carrie and Russ, both who have been on these huge, awesome international trips, and I'm very jealous. Last week, we got to hear about Russ's little international trip. Uh, Carrie, why don't you tell us about Vancouver, man? Yeah, sure. So I was invited out to LTX 2023. This is Linus's expo. There's actually a tremendous amount of people in there for how... So the venue is pretty small for a convention compared to like other conventions that I've gone to. So it wasn't gigantically huge. So I was like, oh, I guess it's kind of on the small side, but they packed this thing ridiculously. There was, it was almost hard to walk around at times inside mm. of this uh, convention. So it was really cool. Um, super happy to be doing the future of handheld gaming panel. Uh, I was there with Shank Mods and Epos Fox, and I talked with them for a bit, and it was good to get their perspective on things because I think they helped flesh out the panel a, a good amount. Uh, also, just really cool to uh, talk with them. I talked with Shank Mods uh, at length behind the scenes. There was actually a little creator um, nook, caddy thing place where just creators can kind of just chill and uh, decompress. I met up with a bunch of other creators, some that I've been fans of for a while now. So Wendell from Level 1 Techs, who I've been following for a while now just because he has done some stuff that I have leveraged for my job, for my career. Uh, so he's done a bunch of stuff, and I've relayed to him. I was like, that video that you did where you got the Amazon CPUs, I tried convincing my company to get it, but they didn't do it. Uh, but it would have been great for us. But uh, anyway, we, we kind of kicked it off. He's been fascinated with my takes on Oculink, and he's doing Oculink on the server side, but also on many PCs as well. Uh, and he's going into it uh, pretty in-depth as well, and we're kind of just talking about where AMD sits right now in regards with how they're doing device IDs and how peculiar it is against all the disparate manufacturers having their own device ID for 7840U. So it's a pretty interesting time right now. Um, but yeah, Vancouver is super awesome, beautiful city. It's uh, when we first got out, I was talking to my wife, I was like, man, the air is like, it's like sweet. Is this what, <laughs> is this what not pollution smells like? And it was just like mountain sea air that was just all around, super easy to breathe. Um, feel like it like just got, it was so nice. Uh, beautiful weather, perfect weather. Apparently it's always beautiful there, hardly uh, snows there at all. Uh, I got poutine there, which was okay. I got steak there, which was not great at all. And uh, really disappointed <laughs> with that. Um, and I went to Tim Hortons and did some other places and I, I had a great time. Uh, overall, it was just action packed. Like we just jammed four days as much as we could uh, while we were there. And then I got a bit of jet lag afterwards, but overall just had a fantastic time. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I love the, 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 the idea that like you're talking about how nice it smells there. Um, when I was stationed in Hawaii and I got off the airport, I was like, Oh my God, the airport smelled like flowers. It was beautiful. <laughs> uh, where I was coming from Georgia at the time and the airport did not smell like flowers. Uh, so uh, that that's awesome, and I'm so happy that you got to go. I tried looking for the content. Uh, I saw one where it was you one on one, and you guys were talking about the future of of handheld gaming. But then the one with you and Epos Vox in them, I I couldn't find that anywhere. So 
Um, was that like live streamed or was it recorded or was it just for the people that were there? So that was recorded uh, at the convention itself. So every panel was actually recorded. I know that the WAN show was done live. So you can actually see the WAN show live from that place, which was like uh, just after hours, I believe. Hmm. So okay. Linus came in right after our panel. Uh, so they did record it. I don't know what is going to happen there. I, uh, my wife did record a, a good amount of the, the panel, but I don't know how much I'm allowed to share. I should probably just reach out because I've had a few people ask me about it as well because they're, they want to see it as well. So I am anticipating personally that Linus is probably, you know, the whole LMG, the, the group itself is probably yeah. going to have this content that they're going to kind of go out little by little, maybe have commentary on it. Um, not sure. Um, to be determined. I'm not certain yeah. myself. When it comes out, uh, if they, if you find out about it, let us know. Um, uh, let's move on to what, what we've been playing. But first, I just want to let everybody know that we do have comments that come in from you guys, suggestions for topics. And one of the topics that uh, we're going to talk about at the end of the show is what what game would you like to see adapted to a different genre? So let us know what you think in the comments down below. And at the end of the show, we're going to be talking about that. But let's move on to what we've been playing. Russ, what have you been playing this week other than Final Cut Pro? Because I know you've been editing <laughs> a lot of videos. Yeah, I've been working on this one handheld device review that's now like three days past my own timetable. I'm just I'm so far in the weeds The the, the rough script right now and edit and everything is two hours long. So I have to cut this down to like 30, 40 minutes. It is crazy. And that's like two hours after cutting down, you know, 30 hours of footage. So this is just I'm, it's insane for a hundred dollar handheld. What am I doing? You know, anyway, so. <laughs> Uh, Final Cut Pro is what I've been mostly doing, but when I do get moments here and there, I've been playing Stray on my ROG Ally, and I just I don't know I thought this was a great little hand uh, little game to be able to play on a handheld because one it doesn't require a lot of power like I can play it at the regular 15 watt power profile and it works just fine and it's like it saves it every minute when you're playing that game. So even if I'm just going from like one little room to the next little room, I've made progress, it saves, I can just close out of it and come back to it. And so uh, it's been just a really nice lightweight game to just kind of take a break with, you know, as opposed to trying to think through and that kind of stuff. So that's all I've been playing. That's awesome. Uh, how, how far into it are you? I didn't get very far. It didn't hold my attention, but I loved the world that they were building mm. in that game. It's really, really cool. For those of you that don't know, it's a game where you play as a cat uh and it was i think it won an award last year what, how far into it are you oh gosh probably maybe 25 minutes like i nothing significant has happened other than my cat like went into a new area That's okay <laughs> all right don't forget to use that meow button all the time oh yeah uh it's yeah, just it's just so good did you uh play that one fox uh i own it um i'm waiting for it to come uh, funnily enough, I'm waiting for it to come to Xbox uh, just because I'd rather get achievements there. Um, that's the only reason. But I do own that, it on PC. That's mm. fair. Uh, what have you been playing this week, uh, Carrie? So, uh, th all right, this is probably a weird one, but maybe not so weird. I played Sea of Thieves, the uh, expansion, which has um, Secret of Monkey Island as their DLC expansion, uh, which is super cool. I played with some buddies. Uh, and periodically, I'll just play with them. And this felt like just a full-on point-and-click adventure 
inside of Sea of Thieves. So you're just mm. doing very adventure game, the 1990s adventure game stuff as you're going through. But it's all in Secret of Monkey Island. So a lot of things are just like as you're going through, they recreated it almost one to one like, which was super awesome to see. They did mix up some things just so, you know, you're not, you know, literally following the game. So after I played that uh, entire, entirely, I went ahead and uh, started playing Secret of Monkey Island 1 all over again. Um, so I'm playing that, um, just finishing up on that, and then I'm probably play Secret Mon- Monkey Island 2. And I'll probably stop there because I didn't really like any of the further Secret Monkey Islands. Are you playing so with the voice mods? Um, uh, so I'm actually playing the uh, XBLA uh, oh. Xbox 360 version. So Yes, yeah, so it does I, have voice, right? It, yeah, it's it's... For the first one is unfortunate because you can um, dynamically switch between mm. the remastered one and the old graphics, but there does not seem to be an option where you can be in the old style, which I prefer, with audio dialogue. You have to go into uh, the new one to get audio, and like you'll switch between both, so you have like subtitles with nothing, and then you go to the other one. I wish you can just have voice for the the older style, the original style, um, but I just typically just play. Uh, on the old style just because the new style just i can appreciate what they were going for but uh i feel like there is all of the charm is robbed of it it's almost like they just made they were like what if we did a funko pop of a game let's just strip (laughs) all the soul out of it and just merchandise it um so yeah Yeah. that's a that but it's i still enjoy i'm still enjoying playing the older version just getting achievements there that's That's awesome awesome. And uh, Rich just jumped into us a little bit late. Rich, what have you been playing, man? You are muted. I was going to say, I see it on the list. It's Baldur's Gate. Baldur's Gate 3. That's what I've been playing. Oh, man. I, yeah. I, keep, I keep on reading uh, like Twitter stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I never played it like super advanced for BG2 back in 97. So, like, I'm uh, sorry to interrupt here, but I'm like reading different things, and I'm like, goodness gracious! Some guy is like, oh yeah, I silenced the wall so that when I blasted it, it wouldn't make any noise, so it wouldn't alert anyone. I'm like, what? <laughs> That's so good. That's so good. Yeah, yeah, I'm only I'm only just getting started, and I've never I've never really gotten into CRPGs. I've mentioned here on the podcast before. I didn't really have a gaming PC, so it's one of those things I've always wanted to jump into, and this seems like the perfect place. Um, I've also never really gotten into like Dungeons and Dragons, so I'm not used to actual dice rolls, um, but I'm, I'm enjoying it. It's fun. Um, and what I'm really enjoying so far is I know a lot of people have been sort of um, describing that this is still like a very hardcore CRPG. They didn't like make any um, not accessibility, but they didn't make it. They didn't make any compromises in it being a CRPG and hardcore CRPG, which I'm sure is true, but it doesn't feel intimidating to jump in. And I think part of that is just the narrative, the story, and just building already just an atmosphere that you really just want to jump into. So I think they've done a good job of onboarding a newbie like me. That's awesome. I will say the dice, like the the dice rolling, the rolling of the 20-sided dice feels really good like when you like you go to do a thing and it's like okay roll a die and it shows underneath it's like you got these ability scores which are going to improve your die roll this is the target that you're looking for uh hit a button and the die starts rolling and you're just like okay the dice number comes up and then it adds in the the ability score for like your thieves tools it adds in your dex bonus and and then it's like yes you did it or no you didn't 
it is super satisfying, both visually and audioly. I don't think that's the, yeah. the right word. It's awesome. I love, I love that um, that aspect of the game, and I'm also playing a bunch of it. I played it for like eight hours so far. Uh, how much? How much time do you have into it, Rich? Three hours. Like I, I just fell off the ship and stuff like that. So I'm just sort of getting my bearings uh, on on ground. So about three hours, I'd say. Did you play it in early access at all, or is this your first time with it? N not at all. I bought it after it came out, uh, after okay. it released from early access. So I played it in early access on Google Stadia, uh, and I played through, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to say most of Act 1, but a good chunk of Act 1, and it is completely different than the first time that I played it. First off, the UI for using a controller is way better and way more manageable. That's one of the things I was really worried about, because I'm, I'm, I don't like playing games on mouse and keyboard very much. Um, so I was very worried about that. No need to worry. You can easily play the game, although I haven't found a way to get my whole party to stealth all at once, which I know you can just hit Shift-C on a keyboard, but if you're using a controller, I can't figure out how to do that. So I always have to, like, go to party member number one, stealth, party member number two, stealth, and that takes a really long time. But um... This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. All of the things that I'm doing, like I'm, it's just a, it feels like a completely different game. And the, there's events that happened in locations, like there's a point where you walk up to a mind flare and it's laying there. And the last time that I did it, when it was in early access, there were like other people there and I had to convince them to not kill it because I want to do interrogate it or something like that. And this time, there's no other people there. The mind flare is just there. So like they've changed quite a bit uh, from, uh, from early access. Are, did you? Did you <laughs> this game is a very horny game. Did you turn on the the nudity? I, I I have that turned off. But but what did you choose, Rich? I I chose to enable the nudity. I'm playing on a portable machine, so yeah, it's only from my eyes. <laughs> I feel. I just. I feel like if I'm playing it on my TV over there, and yep. my kid walks in the room, I want to have that stuff turned off. Uh, but yep. it's there for everybody who it's very important uh, important to them. So uh, there's going to be all that bear <laughs> romance happening, it, just mm -hmm. not on my screen. Uh, but <laughs> I'm really, really enjoying the game. It's so incredible. Uh, what what class did you go with? I went with, I just picked one of the like default characters. So you can go to a different tab to see like different characters. And I picked Will. So Will is a, is he a wizard? 
like I don't remember their name. Maybe I yeah. haven't met them yet. So you can they just have like these pre prefab characters that you can pick from. So Does I went with the, that. the guy with one blind eye. Yes, that's the okay. One. I yes. don't know what class he is because he went to my camp because I already had a full party when I got to him. Yeah. Yeah, I was in again, I was intimidated by the stats and the classes. And I was like, I just want someone that looks cool and their background sounds cool. And he was the one. That's awesome. I, I will say, like you said, they like they're they're pretty good at hand holding with the game. Or not necessarily hand holding, but making it feel like it's okay when things don't go the way that you thought. I tried yep. to like make a choke point and have an explosion to kill a bunch of enemies. And I ended up killing two of my characters. And normally it would have made me feel like, okay, I need to reload my last save. But instead, mm -hmm. I used two scrolls to revive my party members. I healed them back up and ended up winning the fight. And it was really, really satisfying. So um, when you get killed, and you will, don't worry about it. It's going to be okay. Uh, don't, don't save scum unless you, unless you feel like you have to. And I know, I know Russ is going to. But go Did ahead. Anyone, what are you going to say, Rich? Did anyone see the tweet where the one guy said he... He killed an innocent woman with a mace to just loot her stuff. I, I think she had something valuable. He, he looted her and then used a revive scroll on her and gaslit her into thinking he was her savior. So now she's indebted to him. So, yeah, this game is amazing. Oh, my God. That's I did, I did crazy. That. Yeah. yeah. I hadn't seen that one. So, uh, Carrie, you said that you're picking it up or no? Oh, uh, yeah. So I did play it in early access a while ago, and uh, I stopped playing it because at the time, this is before the Steam Deck even existed, um, I was playing on other portables, and the font was just outrageously tiny. And I was like, I, it's impossible to play on, at this point, it was the Win 3. But yeah, so I played early access, and I was like, I'm not going to pick it up until it's, it's done. So uh, I'm going to pick it up very, very soon. In addition to all the like changes they've made for the Steam Deck, they added uh, a, a slider for font size and, yeah, two different font sizes. Basically. Transparency too. Yes, yeah, so, so that you can put a background on the on the on the font, so you can actually see it better. So yeah, it's amazing the the work that they did to make it playable on a handheld, but also like big screen sort of deal. So yeah, Russ, is this game in your future, or is this not? the kind of game that's in your wheelhouse it is so hardcore like i, I don't think i can get into it like i i don't know what a Baldur's gate is you know? it's and a so city it's like, me neither <laughs> and so like i remember back in the 90s and stuff a lot of these computer games and stuff like heroes of might and magic and this and stuff, i have no idea what any of those are compared to the other I, i'm a little bit interested just because i have been seeing some interesting things on twitter like i saw somebody said they walked into a room and there was a bunch of skeletons on the ground they're like oh these are going to get revived and so what they did is they shrunk them down and then put them in a bottle and then when they did revive they didn't do anything because they were just harmlessly in a bottle i guess and so <laughs> little things like that it's just kind of interesting the way they can play around with the game itself but yeah i have no idea what it is i haven't even seen a screenshot of what this game looks like at this point oh okay well you got to see it it's it's really good and it's uh, very uh, it's a pretty game if you've got mm. the hardware for it um i went into that same room and i had the same feeling like oh these guys are going to get revived so i went through and i looted them so they didn't have any weapons. <laughs> so I was like, give me that, give me that, give me that. Okay. And then when they got revived, inevitably, um, like the warrior, like couldn't really, like all he could do is unarmed, uh, unarmed attacks. Uh, but uh, there were a bunch of mages, so they could still cast spells and stuff. But I'm loving it. 
I feel like it's a game that I'm going to be talking about for a really, really long time because it's just so damn good. Uh, anything else you've been playing, Rich? No, I mean, I have more Boulder's Gate 3 stuff to talk about. Do <laughs> it. Go ahead. Um, not not what I've been playing, but there was a lot of discourse over the weekend, it seemed like, about AAA gaming and this not being possible in AAA gaming and why that is. And so, like, some of the discourse took a bit of, like, a weird turn where it's, like, just people trashing AAA gaming. And I think all of us have been – all of us here have been critics of of that industry in the past. So, like, we're not – immune to that but it seems like there was a good tweet from Rit nelson at Rit nelson and i'm still calling him tweets and twitter and yeah that's what it me. is yeah <laughs> thank you <laughs> um about basically how you know we can we can trash triple a gaming but really this sort of game is just they larian studios was literally the only studio that could make this just because of the experience that they had and the path that they went through like even Obsidian, the CEO of Obsidian, I think, came out and said, yeah, we couldn't have made this game. And the last time Obsidian put out, you know, a CRPG, which was really good, Pillars of Eternity 2 at the time, they ended up, you know, that that game didn't end up meeting expectations. They couldn't afford to keep the studio running on their own. So that's when they got bought out by Microsoft. So it's really hard. And Baldur's Gate 3 just, it didn't get lucky, but it's a little bit, of just timing and things like that where no one else could have done what they did. And yeah, so it's pretty amazing to see. Yeah. And uh, the CEO of Larian, uh, Swen something, I forget his last name. Like they, they were talking there, there are a bunch of people, of course, started talking about acquisitions. Who's going to buy Larian studios. And he was like, ain't nobody buying Larian studios. I'm in charge of this thing and it's not getting sold. Uh, and that's that's awesome to hear that he's like he could easily say, all right, it's time for the dollar signs. We got this huge <laughs> game. Eight hundred thousand people were playing it concurrently on Steam, which I guess is like a new record or something. I don't know. It's it's just it's a such a crazy game. Um, so if you haven't played it, check it out. I guarantee that you guys are going to like it, uh, especially if you like an old school CRPG. And if you don't like old school CRPGs, pick it up on, on Steam because they have a ridiculously nice return policy. Play it for a little bit. And if you don't like it, return it because it's a game that deserves to be checked out. I do wish that they had a, a, a demo for it where you could just do like the Nautiloid, which is a ship you're on at the very beginning. Um, I So that's the game that I had been playing. Another game that I have been playing and this is a little plug for uh, the community Discord, is Coffee Golf, which is one of those games, you know, you play it on your phone, and every day you play a different round of Coffee Golf, and all you got to do is you drag it back, and you shoot the ball, and you have five holes, and in, at the end, you know how, how uh, like in Wordle, where you could copy out and be like, these are the words that I spelled or whatever? Um like you can copy out and paste your score and we've been doing that in our in our discord and it takes like five minutes to play and you can only play once a day it's really awesome. really enjoyable and it's on android it's on ios and it's uh it, it's really fun uh but you get really angry sometimes when a tree knocks your ball out into the water and then you end up with <laughs> like four you know four strokes on one hole um but those are the games that, that we've been playing. Uh, let us know what games you guys have been playing in the comment section down below that YouTube channel or the YouTube video. Uh, let's move on and talk about the news. 
Uh, Russ, why don't you go ahead and pick out one of the stories that you want to talk about today from the show notes? Yeah, let's talk about the Linux and uh, Mac and Steam thing. So uh, there was a report that showed that looking at number of players who are using Steam, there are more people using Linux as a platform for for playing games on Steam than there are people using Mac. And I, I thought that was really interesting because one, you know, if you look at the desktop gaming space, you know, it's like three percent Linux, twenty percent uh, Mac, and then the rest is like Windows or other. And so. It's pretty interesting to me that with a 3% install base, at least on the desktop clients, compared to 20% install base with Mac, that there are more people using Steam on Linux than Mac. And obviously, that's probably got to do with the Steam Deck. And so uh, I thought that was just kind of interesting. It doesn't mean there are more people on Linux, really. It just probably means that there are Windows, Windows users who are now playing on a Steam Deck as well. And so it's counting for Linux, basically. Uh, but I thought it was really interesting. I'm, you know, I like my numbers. And so I thought that was cool just to see that weird dichotomy. I think that that number is going to explode if Valve releases Steam. Like, I know that they said they were going to release SteamOS, uh, like, as a you just download it and install it. I think that that number will explode once that happens because, for me, I very much prefer playing games on SteamOS than I do on Windows. I have my dedicated Windows machine under my TV over there. I have my Steam Deck. I have my ROG Ally. The best experience for a controller first um a controller first experience i guess is my steam deck it's just it's so much easier to deal with every time i boot up my computer i have to grab a keyboard and put in my code or or do like oh it didn't it didn't quite get to steam this time so i gotta go switch my mouse over to my windows machine uh and do it and that's always very frustrating, and I run into the same issues on my ROG Ally where it doesn't always work the way that I want it to. Uh, so I think that that's going to change. Do you guys, Carrie, do you think that they're going to be releasing that anytime soon? It seems like it's been forever. You know, it's it's hard to talk about. I, so this is something that I actually talked about that the future of handheld gaming panel D. If you take a look at all the commits that they're making, you can see that from an outside view in that they're doing a ton of work to have SteamOS be completely extensible to arbitrary hardware. And they're doing that in a few different ways. They're doing it by grabbing the EDID from any particular panel, both internal and external panels, being able to override the EDID to do whatever you wish to do with it. Um, then they do other things with it. So from the EDID, they can get the Chroma uh, and then you can apply a 3D LUT on top of that, which is something that Vibrant Deck uh, like kind of does but doesn't. They do it in a more advanced way, which also allows other types of filters. Uh, SteamOS 3.5 also changes the entire microSD um, functionality where it was hand-rolled previously to the Steam Deck alone. And now it is multifaceted and standardized to support any hardware. So any type of SD card that will on any system it'll the steam os 3.5 will now recognize it so there's a lot of work that you can see that whereas custom hand rolled stuff for the steam deck is now supporting anything any arbitrary thing uh to its maximum extent does that mean that when steam os 3.5 actually becomes available like as a stable platform will it release i don't know um i've been talking with valve with this a while ago um i actually had uh, Amber, Nick, and Valve work previously for a bit. Um, and I think that experience might have soured them on the whole thing. Um, 
because they stopped talking with pretty much everyone after that. Um, and I think they switched gears instead of Valve being directly working with these companies that they were going to pivot to a direction where they can generally support SteamOS 3.5 and other vendors can then take that and then hook into whatever they need for it. Uh, so ostensibly, yes, they could potentially come out soon, but Valve works on their own time. So who knows? Um, I have I, I couldn't tell you one way or the other because I have been talking to them and I, every topic I bring up with them is met with silence now. So I don't know what's going on to be sure. Yeah, my emails kind of have like I was getting emails back and forth with Valve and that has all completely stopped. I Like I emailed a question. Uh, about input steam input and something i would get an answer and now these days it's nothing and i i don't know if uh, it's just because they're they're just too busy working on stuff or the number of people who are suddenly communicating with them has kind of skyrocketed and so they're just like listen i can't talk to all these people i got stuff to do um rich have you installed i know that they like there's hollow iso which is essentially like uh an a, a version of Steam OS that you can install on your own hardware if you have the right hardware. Have you installed that on anything, Rich? No, I haven't done any any of that. But what I'm I'm getting a one of those mini PCs, and what I'd like to do with it is not install Hollow Hollow ISO, but install Chimera OS. It seems like the furthest along. It seems like it has the most, the best like driver development so far. Um, so that's the one I want to go with. And yeah, that's good to hear from from you, Carrie, about like the the progress on the commits because i've definitely been skeptical of where the progress is in terms of like i i know that they're working on it and i know that they want to do it right um but i it just doesn't seem like a priority right now for them especially with perhaps with deckard being something that seems like it's close to being released that seems like where they're going to focus the the steam os developments so it's good to hear that they are actually doing all of that stuff especially like you mentioned the edit stuff as well that's pretty cool um and also i wanted to chime in on the anvernic experience i can see why that has that may have soured from the outside looking in, right? That may have soured the relationship because I, when I tried SteamOS, their version of SteamOS on that Win 600, it 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 felt like hollow ISO. It did not feel like an official ISO. Um, so my experience was certainly soured because it didn't feel like you know I had the buttons that I needed and things like that. So I do wonder where it will go from here. So for me personally, I'm waiting. And I will just wait until Valve releases it themselves. I'm not going to do like the like Chimera is interesting to me, but back when I have a I have an iPhone, uh, but I didn't always have an iPhone. I used to have a Samsung Galaxy Note two, right? And I know a really long time ago, um, I got that, and I was like, oh, you know what? One of the cool things about Android is I get to install whatever operating system I want. So I installed this operating system. And then suddenly all my stuff wasn't working and it took me like an entire weekend to get things back to the way that they were because I wasn't I wasn't using like the official stuff. And uh, it, it stemmed from essentially Google had put out a new version of Android and Samsung was like, well, you got to wait before it comes to our system. And I was like, I don't want to wait. I bought this thing. So I tried to shoehorn it on there and I ran into too many problems. And so that scared me away from from doing this because 
I don't want to spend all day trying to fix a thing that is currently working, if, even if it's not working the way that I want it to. Uh, so I love that Linux is, it, you know, gaming, video games on Linux is, you know, doing really, really well, obviously better than Mac, because people who buy in Macs, like myself, I don't buy it to play games on, although I did try and play Baldur's Gate 3 on my Mac because it is supported. Wouldn't even friggin' start. It wouldn't start. And it's it says it is compatible with Mac. So, um, you know, you don't have those, those problems thanks to Proton on Linux. And I do think that we're going to see more of that soon. All right, let's move on. Carrie, why don't you pick up uh, one of the topics from our show notes uh, and uh, we'll talk about that. I think I'll go with why Baldur's Gate 3 is not coming to the Xbox series right now. I think I'll, I'll, we'll start with that. Um, so I think one of the things that I like about that is that actually um, uh, Plagman actually gave the answer to someone. He's like, hey, how can I force Steam Deck to uh, force uh, split screen mode? And he's like, oh, just do, you know, whatever, command zero, uh, Steam Deck zero and command in the arguments, Steam, Steam arguments when you're launching a, a game, the game. And someone got it running and was like, oh, well, I guess you can run it on something that's extremely underpowered. And sure enough, in certain areas, it goes down to like 14 FPS. But I think the the key thing here is that a lot of people are looking at the Series S in a weird light. And there's this um, there's a part of me that thinks that it, it's I don't like that people are, are convinced that the Series S is this uh, vehicle to slow down the next generation of games or it is anything other than um personally i feel like it's a better mechanism to almost force optimization on you know it works for windows as well as it does on xbox because how tied xbox is to windows now but if larian is having difficulty getting that game running in a split screen mode and cpu wise all of these platforms are effectively the same. PS5, Xbox Series S, Xbox Series X. Uh, Steam Deck only has four cores, but it's still basically the same thing. Uh, if the only determining component is actually the GPU, then that is something that I think is an interesting angle to look at in terms of, insofar as that is the exact thing that Microsoft was saying is that this is going to scale in resolutions. This is going to scale in effects. Not so much from CPU because CPU is matching on across all of them. So that is something that, I mean, also I'm th I'm saying this from the greedy side of myself, knowing that an Xbox Series S, especially forcing every developer to make that, makes a cleaner landing pad for a, an Xbox handle to happen. So there is yeah. that desire from me that I really like the, I think that if everyone, if Microsoft said we're coming out with a handheld, it's going to be running the Xbox Series S profile on it. Everyone's going to be like, oh, that's actually pretty good instead of, you know, hating <laughs> on it as much as they did. So I think, that is, go ahead. I was to say, I think something you're not saying outright necessarily, and, and maybe maybe you are also saying, maybe you're not. Um, it feels like it's become fodder for fanboy arguments, right? Like, yeah, yeah. It, that's all it really is. And I saw one tweet just as an example, and I don't know if... Uh, you know, I, I'm not going to attribute malice to this tweet. It, it could just be that they were out of the loop. But I saw one tweet that didn't even mention the split screen, right? And it was just like saying that the what, what you're implying, right? Like the Series S is holding back the generation. 
and and they even use Steam Deck as a you know something in their argument where they're saying it runs on the Steam Deck. Why doesn't it run on the Series S? When you know, I would think damn right that the reason it doesn't run on the Series S is literally just the split screen, which is also disabled on the Steam Deck. So that part of the like conversation is being left out, and I think it's precisely because it's fanboy fodder. But again, to be fair, it could just be that this person wasn't like up on what happened. But it just it just seems like people are just using it as to to fuel the the console wars. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to eighty percent less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, uh, I mean, there, so there's a part of me that thinks that uh, Microsoft is working hand in hand with AMD pretty hard. So they have some type of forecast. They see some roadmap that not everyone is privy to until months later, right? So ostensibly there was some forecast for at least fsr2 right a upscaling technology that you can run at lower resolutions and then upscale uh and do image reconstruction i don't know if like in 2020 fsr3 was a planned feature because when you look at the xbox series consoles they are full fat rdna2 versus what the ps5 has which is a mixed breed so when you look at it there could be an argument that when FSR3 comes out, when you have uh, frame interpolation going into there, now all of a sudden, instead of hitting 15 FPS, you can go to 30 FPS. And if they can successfully achieve that, that is going to be interesting. But all the optimizations that people are doing to get to the Series S right now, and then to then piggyback when FSR3 becomes a reality, that's going to be very interesting for the Series S, but also for a handheld, but for the entire ecosystem that they've been kind of pushing since 2020. So, yeah, that's that's the kind of target. That the, the thing that I want to discuss right now is that I think from an optimization standpoint, it's certainly possible because if it seems like the only thing that's really holding it back is GPU resources, then the Series S has enough muscle there provided that you can, especially with FSR2, which is, I, I thought there was, that is coming for Baldur's Gate 3, right? It's not there right now, but it is. It's not, but it is in the future is what my understanding is. Yeah, so I would suspect myself personally that when FSR2 is implemented, that the Series S should be able to leverage that, and then you're going to see something that uh, the Series S might have certif- meet certification. So that's where my eyes would be currently. Well, one more thing in the like to keep in mind for this is that Baldur's Gate 3 for PC, the release date was moved up, right? This was meant mm-hmm. to be released a few months later, almost two months later, I want to say. Mm-hmm. So 
they're like they're kind of scrambling. They were kind of scrambling to get it out. That's why people uh, reviewers didn't get a review copy until pretty late. So this is it. It's all still pretty developing. So uh, yeah, just give them time. I would say. Yeah, yeah. and I. I saw some tweets that were like, it's time to ditch the Series S. It's holding everything back. And that's so ridiculous. First off, Microsoft made a promise. When they came out with the Series, they said, hey, the games that you get on your Series X are also going to be the games that run on the Series S. And if they renege on that now, that's not cool. So for people calling for them to ditch the Series S because it's delaying the release of Baldur's Gate 3 on that system... I think it's a ridiculous thing. I'm sorry, Carrie, you were about to say something. No, so I mean, like, let's just take it from a business, a whiz biz type of decision, right? If you are going to be PC and it's a CRPG, so that's where you know that you're going to have the strongest buyers, right? That's where all the people are going to be. It's going to be interesting to see how many PlayStation people buy Baldur's Gate uh, 3 uh, because it's it's going to be interesting. I'm very curious to see what the sales numbers are considering how – I see, you know, like everyone's talking about concurrent numbers right now, and it's like breaking like the top 10 of all time concurrent. So it's going gangbusters. And I think from the optics of that alone, people are like, well, if so many people are playing it, I should be getting this. But outside of that, when you were like for Larian to say, okay, we're going to go PC first. If we have to specifically optimize for the next console, we have to do PS5 because that's where that's where the biggest place is going to be. And xbox by default because of where it is they can't devote any resources to it that are going to match whatever the ps5 is if the lion's share of the money is going to be coming from ps5 so there's almost a part of me that would say okay i can understand that point of view as well um but yeah there there, there's a lot of different tweets there's like some playstation fanboys that are like uh saying you know uh um baldur's gate 3 is a playstation exclusive and the the CEO was like, no, it's not an exclusive. And and he's they're like, well, it's only on that system. So, you know, you can say whatever you want. But until that yeah. happens. Uh, yeah. So it's it's a weird situation right now. But I can totally understand it from a business decision why they went the route they did. Good point on the PlayStation. It turns out um, at Benji Sells, he tweeted that it moved up to the number one best selling pre-order on PSN in the nice. U.S. So it definitely the PC reception has definitely had an impact on pre-orders that's great yeah that's great uh russ what do you think about this you know it's interesting uh i I don't know if i said it on air or off air but i am planning on now getting a series x and it has nothing to do with power or anything it's because my xbox one like it's just a huge machine i have the old school one and it just takes up so much space but i still have a bunch of disc games and I can't play them unless I have that huge box. And so I was like, you know what? Let me get rid of my Series S and the Xbox One and now have an Xbox Series X. And it's funny because it has nothing to do with performance, none of that stuff. Like, I could care less about it. It's just that that I want to be able to play my older games. I'm actually kind of lamenting this even before I do it because I'm like, oh, it's going to be bigger. Like, I don't want to have that much space, you know, because the X is just huge, you know. So I'm listening to all this and I'm like, oh, this is really interesting, you know, that there's people who are kind of speculating about, you know, why it's not being released and all this other kind of stuff. And for me, I'm just like, well, I just want to play like an old Xbox One game without having to rebuy it. Like that, <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm thinking. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, but yeah, it is interesting. And I'm holding off until we get, uh, you know, whether or not there's going to be news if there's a Starfield like limited edition Xbox Series X and then I'll get it. So I 100% guarantee 
there's going to be a Starfield limited edition Series X. There's no way that they don't put it out. If if Carrie picks one well, up and he's like, I've, uh, so oh, this, this Ooh, wow, this this thing is so sweet. For the audio I, listeners, Carrie's holding up the um, Star Starfield, yeah, Starfield. Uh, head, uh, Microsoft headset, and it is gorgeous. My controller is upstairs. I actually got both of them. I, just because I love the styling. I bought uh, the Halo limited edition Xbox Series X just because I'm a huge Halo fan. Uh, so if they come out with Starfield, I'm going to be in trouble because then I'm going to have three Series yeah. Xs, and uh, I don't need that many. I don't need two. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, Russ, why don't you pick a story for us to talk about? Oh, wait, did you already go? No. I did. You did, Rich. Rest. No, the other Russ. I was thinking of you, but I couldn't remember who actually went. Rich, why don't you <laughs> Damn it. Right. Uh, pick a story, man. So I'm going to go. I, I'm coming late to the party here, but I'm going to go with the square share price falling after Final Fantasy 16 did not hit their expectations. And I want to draw a parallel to previous Square Enix um, games not hitting expectations, but I also want to point out that it's not the same as previous situations. So it looks like the the share price fell. So this is just a reaction from the shareholders. This is not Square saying that they didn't meet expectations, but instead the shareholders sort of inferring that that happened and, you know, the thing with share prices is that, you know, it's going to fluctuate. It's just it's just perception at this point. So it's going to go up, it's going to go down. But I, I do think it's weird to me that 3 million copies sold on an install base of what, 45 million, 40 million maybe? It, uh, that, I don't that, think it's 40 bad. yet, but I think it's close to 40. I could be close wrong about 40. that. Yeah, that's insane. That's almost 10%, right? Like attach rate on mm -hmm. An, an RPG, right? So, like, I know it's Devil May Cry now, but it's still an RPG. It's still Final Fantasy, which is popular, but that's ten, almost 10% 10 attach rate. That seems great to me, so it seems insane that this would cause a stock stock price drop. I don't know what they were, what the shareholders were necessarily expecting. Um, so, so yeah. the expectations is in quote in the show notes for a reason, because it mm. didn't meet... So, I guess the, the expectations were a range, Right. And it's in the range, right. but it didn't mm. reach the top of the range. <laughs> and so they were like, well, that's it. This is garbage. And then the CEO, I think, of Square came out and he was like, it's because the the PlayStation 5 um, hasn't like there's not enough PlayStation 5s out in the wild, which is a ridiculous thing. Like you just said, it's almost a 10 percent attach rate. It's crazy. For them to say, well, it's blame it on PlayStation. It, yes, if they also sold it on Xbox, it would have sold more. But I, I, I don't think yep. the game would be out if they also were making it for Xbox at the same time. Like, there's an advantage to uh, focusing on a single platform, getting your game working on that, and then moving on to making a port to another platform. And if, in, you know, Square had said many times that that um, you know people from Sony helped them optimize the game for that platform, which I believe Microsoft had, like I think Microsoft is currently doing with Baldur's Gate three. Like they have engineers from their from the Xbox team helping the Baldur's Gate three people get the split screen uh, stuff working on that system. Awesome, but again, it, you look at 
uh, Xbox fanboys looking at the the, uh, the the this story and they're saying, "Ah, see, it's because it wasn't on our system." Okay, maybe, but it's also because of other reasons. This is a very different Final Fantasy game, and a lot of people were probably like, nah, "It's not for me," and that's fine. But three million copies in in however many days since launch, I think that's pretty good. Uh, Carrie, go. Uh, yeah, so for me, I, I think the share price fell just if I was a shareholder, I would have sold a long time ago just because I don't have confidence in whoever's running the ship of Square Enix at the moment just because they're making absolutely bat crazy ideas. The last year, they literally dumped almost every game that they had, like Rapid Fire, like mm -hmm. Octopath Traveler 2 came out, like it was uh, Strangers of Paradise. So it was just like, yes. let's just. Let's just dump everything. Also, we're going to sell off all of our Western stuff, and we're going to sell it for pennies. You know, like Tomb Raider, Deus Ex. Uh, yeah, just here, take it all for $300 million. Oh, you resold just Tomb Raider for $600 million to Amazon? Good job, guys. Like, <laughs> what, like, what in the world are they doing over there? Why are they just like – it almost seems like whoever's running it, I don't – from outside in, I think a lot of people are like they are looking to be acquired. They're just like shedding off a bunch of stuff. And and I don't I for me, it doesn't look great. And Final Fantasy 16 is probably the cherry on top at, from all of this. Right. Because Final Fantasy is their premier title. This is the this is the game along with Dragon Dragon Quest that would stop Japan. Like Japan's productivity would stop that entire week because this game launched and that's not happening. So when you have, when you're faced with this, you're, you know, yeah, I would personally look at everything up to that point and not so much Final Fantasy 16 itself. Um, but, you know, I'm going to play when it comes to PC. I'm, I'm going to look at it and I'll probably enjoy it, but it's like, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what they're doing or what they're planning. And I have zero confidence in my money being in that company myself. And that's just for me outside in and not actually a shareholder. So that's the only two cents that I would add to it. Russ, the weird what, thing, what, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Rich. Just real quick. The weird thing about that is I, I agree with all of that. Like, I don't understand the business moves that they're making, but they're making really good games. <laughs> that's the thing that i like yeah. octopath 2 is amazing fantastic it was yeah. so good so good <laughs> right I, I, i'm upset that no one like they're like oh they just sent that out to die and no one played it. and i was like i i don't know what they're doing it was great i i i liked octopath traveler one and two was much much better that was a proper sequel they did a much better job everywhere uh that felt to for me I hope that that development cost wasn't all that much because for me, I would like Square, just do more of this, do more 2D HD games, uh, bang them out, get them done. Also, I think from Square Enix's side, like they got to just get rid of the, uh, what what is it, the Luminous Engine? What is it, whatever the Final Fantasy 16 engine is, just go over to Unreal Engine 5 like every other, you know, all, <laughs> what they've already been doing uh, with UE4, now just go over UE5. Uh, because how how much faster has Final Fantasy VII Remake been in terms of like development cycle and release versus Final Fantasy XVI? And uh, for me, I think this is just the. Hopefully, they can just get back in step. Totally agreed that they did release a lot. Of, they did actually release bangers that no one actually looked at. That's fair. What do you think, Russ? 
You know, it's it's interesting. A couple things I thought about. One is that this is a tough time, especially of the year, to be releasing a game. You know, like the just the release window. You know, we talked about this in previous episodes. You know, so many other games are coming out, and I think among all of them, Final Fantasy <laughs> sixteen is the one that had the least amount of urgency for me. One, like Carrie mentioned, like it's like okay, well, I can just wait. It'll be on PC at some point, and I'll probably enjoy that better and have more platforms to play it on. But then also, like the other games had a sense of urgency to them. You got to get Street Fighter Six now so you can get good before everyone else does, right? You've got to play Tears of the Kingdom before the spoilers start showing up on Twitter. I didn't have any of that urgency when it came to Final Fantasy 16 at all. You know what I mean? It's like, I'll wait three years to play that game. It'll be waiting for me when I'm ready, and it'll be 20 bucks by then, you know? And so, uh, I, I don't know. I think it's just a hard time right now for the Final Fantasy 16 series because it's, they're also shooting, shooting themselves in the foot because when they reiterate with every single new number, whether it's a new story, new characters, all that kind of stuff, I care less and less about it. You know, like I want to see Vivi again from Final Fantasy IX. I want to hang out with that dude and Zidane and stuff, you know. And so I can see why Final Fantasy VII has a bit more of a draw for me just in the sense that I kind of revisit something that's from my childhood. Final Fantasy XVI, to me, like I played through that preview and or the demo and it was just like a bad version of game of thrones is what it felt like when i was playing it. and i love the devil may cry like kind of uh part to it too as well that's pretty funny but uh yeah and so that's that's my take on it is just that yes i can see where uh it maybe didn't hit their expectations in terms of sales but there are so many factors involved and you just have to think about the human factor especially for us with you know as gamers there's just so many options out there and uh this just what it didn't make my list i never bought it so yeah, I mean, we had um, earlier this year, we had an episode of the podcast where we talked about this year as one of the best years for gaming ever because there's so many absolutely fantastic games coming out. Like, that crowds out a lot of these other games. And when you look at a game like Final Fantasy sixteen, it's a big time commitment. I mean, last week we were talking to Kyle, and Kyle, def- uh, like, beat... Final Fantasy 16, I think he 100 percented it because that dude's crazy. Um, <laughs> but like, there's just not enough hours in the day for us to play all of the huge, massive games that have come out in the past few months. And we have a bunch coming down the road in the next month or two that are also going to be huge, massive games. So stick around. I'm sure that we'll end up talking about those. Anybody have any final thoughts on Final Fantasy 16 before we move on? All right, uh, let's. Uh, I'm going to pick a story, and it's going to be about Street Fighter Six. You know, the game came out um, in June, and then July we get a new character, and then it was just announced at Evo that they're going to have another new character DLC. And to me, this doesn't feel like post-launch content. Like when when I think of post-launch content. It's content that comes out after launch because the developers are still working on it or even started working on it after the game came out. Having these two new characters that are already coming out and like the the first guy came out within a few weeks of launch, This he's already balanced in there with the other characters. This feels like stuff that they, that, that Capcom and full disclosure, I'm a Capcom partner, whatever it is, it's whatever it's called. Um, it feels like they said, okay, we've got our finished game. Let's yank out six characters, take them off the roster, launch the game like that, 
and we'll drip feed them out as part of the battle pass or like that kind of thing. And that's what it feels like to me. It feels like it's too soon for this DLC. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, Rich, what do you think is the right amount of time after a game comes out for that DLC to start to be available where it doesn't feel like they're holding things back from you? Or do you think I'm way off base? Yeah, I I think your reasoning is sound, but I I do take a completely different stance on this um, where I don't really care about like what was budgeted for release versus what was budgeted for expansion. I I think that the base game was really, really good. It had a it was chock full of characters. So I don't mind that maybe they did. Maybe they did pull characters out. I don't think they did because when we saw the character leak, like this has been the plan, it seems like for a while because there was a character leak months before release. I think what realistically happened is that they had a budget for the game and then they had a separate budget for DLC and they worked those towards the end. They worked those concurrently. And so people were working on DLC while they were balancing the game, while they were uh, adding in arcade mode, things like that. And the other side of this is that I think this is just them improving their marketing. So Street Fighter V had a long period of time. It released in a state where people were unhappy with its release, and it had a long period of time before it got to a place where people were happy with it. And so Capcom has been nonstop with their marketing for this, where they're leading up. They have, you know, they had Evo. It was a $2 million uh, pool for or pot for the for the winners. It was $1 million for the grand grand prize winner um and then after you know like you said leading up to that they had rashid uh, and now coming out of it they have this new character so they're i think they're just trying to keep it keep street fighter 6 at the top of players minds and make sure that it doesn't leave sort of that mainstream space that's that's fair what do you think carrie uh, do you do you think it's too soon or do you think i'm making a big deal out of nothing so uh, I'm gonna. Uh, there's a bit of an allegory here that I'm gonna kind of step into. Uh, I think we're just all old. I think we're all old, <laughs> and we have our own expectations of what things should be for DLC or whatnot. And um, I went to uh, I went to Dave and Buster's yesterday. It was a party, a birthday party they went to, and everything that the kids were playing, they're playing Deal or No Deal to get tickets. And I'm like, <laughs> what are you doing? There's like, there's like good games over there. You're playing a thing to get rewards. You're not. You're not playing to have fun. You're playing to get something else. And there is there was the Chuck E. Cheeseification of arcades that happened in the 90s. And console gaming, it never happened to up until PUBG and other stuff where you had mm-hmm. these uh, season passes and battle, uh, battle passes. Now we're in the Chuck E. Cheeseification of our games that we're playing. Now you look at Halo Infinite. One of the things that I absolutely hated was that people were like, oh, the, 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 this battle pass sucks. I'm like, who cares? Why you? Why are you playing for like nonsense rewards of like cosmetics? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The game is fun. Like it's legit tight. Why you're not, you're the optics of where we all are versus what other people are doing. 
um, the market has dictated that if you're making a multiplayer game and season passes and battle passes, there needs to be this constant content. Much like how we as content creators need to keep on feeding the beast, these people that are making multiplayer games now need to feed the beast. And it's counter to what our expectations are growing up with video games, and it feels out of place when we look at it through that lens. So that's the only thing I would add. All right. Well, Russ, if you could pick one retro game to add a battle pass to. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the thing is, is like with this whole battle pass and like even the trickle out of DLC and stuff like that, I every time I see any announcement like this, it actually just fills me with like a little bit of like dread and anxiety because I'm like, I'll never get to that. Like, I just want to be able to beat the game itself. You know what I mean? Like, let me just get through the campaign and not worry about all these other add-ons. Like, the moment I saw that Diablo 4 was starting to get seasons and that, like, you had to finish one thing before the next season started, I didn't even read enough about it. I was just like, this is oh, like, it's too much. You know what I mean? And so I'm on that other end of the spectrum. Not only am I old and grumpy, but I also, like, don't have enough time to play these games either. So I'm, like, the worst nightmare when it comes to this Battle Pass stuff because I, I can't click out of it fast enough. When any of that stuff pops up in any game I play, I'm like, I don't want to see any of that stuff. Give me just what the creators created when it launched. That's all I want. That's awesome. I, I will say, just to bring it right back into Baldur's Gate 3 again, they were at Larian was asked, are we going to have DLC for this game? And Larian said, no, we've shipped the game. We're done with the game. We're moving. We're, we'll, we'll do patches to like make sure that we, stuff isn't broken. We're going to move on and, pl- and, and work on something else now. And Beautiful. so you get a fun, you get a complete package when you buy that game, which is very rare these yeah. days. Um, all right. Uh, anything else before we uh, move on to the uh, end topic? The discussion topic. One more thing on that. Uh, I yeah. just adding on to what I was saying. Uh, it's very hard right now for not. It's not hard for fighting game developers, but there's a lot of fighting games coming out. A lot of big ones. So it's hard to keep your eyes on one game. And you know, going back to what I was saying, I think that's what Capcom is trying to do. But just to double down on that, there's Mortal Kombat one right which was announced and we just saw the dlc that's going to be coming out for that and it's kind of cool right with omni man and mm-hmm. uh, peacekeeper and um uh homelander right so it's pretty awesome there's tekken 8 and there's project l so there's a lot going on right now and it's already hard for a fighting game player to play more than one fighting game at once so i can see why everybody's trying to keep their eyes get people's eyes on their game yeah, that's a that's a really good point. Um, so we're going to move on. But before we do real quick, I just want to pu- uh, let everybody know that uh, we've talked about PlayStation a bunch today. DualSense controllers are right now 30% off. So you can get them for 50 bucks as opposed to the regular 70. So I, I'll leave a link down below. But I just wanted to let people know about that because it's a really good deal. And those are those are really good controllers. Um, Let's move on to the topic that was sent in. Oh, what do we got there? I don't reckon. I know that's an X. Wait, what is that? It's the God of War Ragnarok. Oh, the Ragnarok oh, one. Nice. Okay. PlayStation needs to make more limited edition DualSense controllers. They got to they got to up their game. Uh, I don't know. I don't like. I don't want to have a bunch of them, <laughs> and I don't want to want like- them. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like you need two because the batteries are so like they're so short. Oh, yeah. And if you're really gonna get in a gaming session, you need to have the other one on standby sometimes. Dual, so. dual sense akimbo, just like yes. <laughs> <laughs> dual sense akimbo. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> All right. 
Moving on to our discussion topic. This was sent in by John Rodriguez. If you want to send in a topic and we pick your topic, just like John did, uh, I'll send you a code for a game on Steam. Uh, so make sure that you check that out. Uh, here's what they said. They said, pick a game or two that you'd like to see adapted into a different genre. I'll give an example. I love to see Diablo, uh, whatever it's an all new game, or uh, they retell a story that's been done already in a Souls-like space. The tones and everything fit the story and gameplay so uh, it would be interesting to see how they could take a, a game like Diablo and translate it to the Souls format, but keep the Diablo-style character classes in there. I thought that this was a really cool topic. Um, uh, Russ, what is the game and what genre that you think that you would like to like like to see a different version of? Yeah, so hear me out. Super Mario Brothers, but a role-playing game but a driving game. <laughs> so I want to see like basically a career mode in Mario Kart where you're actually oh. like going through and like full on like upgrading your guy or whatever. You know what I mean? Like right now it's just like, yeah, you can unlock new levels and stuff like that. And you can do these split screen, split screen and stuff like that. And that's probably the major draw there, but still it would be neat to have an incentive to actually get through other than just unlocking new places, like really to kind of build things out. And it's funny, this is almost like DLC, like where you're unlocking new content and all that kind of stuff but uh for me this is really fitting you know to have something where you level up your guy you level up your car you know stuff like that that sounds really awesome and it, and it would give you so much more replayability because you got to level up mario then you got to go through level up luigi you got to go through level right. up toad and you got to level up the different parts to their car uh that sounds awesome is this giving you i'm gonna get it wrong that turbo graphics 16 one that carrie always wants to switch <laughs> is that i was gonna is say that, that yeah I, like I, a I played game a little bit a of it. Mode. I didn't love it. What, what's it called? I, racing final, Twin? Final Lap Twin. Final Lap Twin. Is that what tw Final Lap Twin is like? Because I never got into it. It's just car upgrades. No, Just no car upgrades. Yeah. All right. That's fair. I, I really thought a lot about Destiny 2 when I was thinking about it. I'm like, okay, I want something with that mechanic where I'm invested in my character. You know what I mean? Like, I want to have that same kind of thing, but with Mario Kart. Awesome. That's very cool. I like that idea. Uh, Rich, idea. what do you think, man? I really like it when, or I like the idea of like action games becoming turn-based games. I want to see like two examples in that regard. I want to see a basketball game that's a turn-based game. I think Pyre mm. is has tried that, and I haven't done enough. I haven't tried Pyre. It's one of the few uh, games from that studio that I haven't really played. Um, so I want to try that. But yeah, I'd love to see basketball get turn-based. And we were just talking about fighting games. I'd like to see turn-based fighting games so there actually is one called yomi uh i think it's your only move something anyway it's called yomi it's on steam i've tried it but it's a little too complex for me there's a lot of different moves that you can do and it's like head-to-head -head multiplayer but it's asynchronous so you can do a move you can wait a few minutes and someone also do their move uh but yeah i'd like to see more action but turned into turn-based that's awesome i'd never even considered a, tur a turn-based fighting game uh, instead of having it be um, turn-based where it's I go and then you go and then I go, I would like it instead to be we both pick an action and then those actions happen at the same time. Yeah, That I think would be really cool. Like I think the game I mentioned... Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. I think the game I mentioned does do that. It's actually called Yomi Hustle. Your only move is hustle. That's what it stands for. Okay, 
Awesome. Very cool. Uh, Carrie, what'd you pick for your uh, genre bending uh, stuff? Yeah, it's funny because we're all like going into like RPG things. It's like a progression of character and stuff. So here's the thing. Like, I, I don't know why it hasn't been made yet, because honestly, it's pretty much identical. Like, think about it. You, you have like flamboyant characters with crazy costumes and crazy hairstyles with gigantic weapons that they use to attack people with in an RPG. And I'm talking about wrestling, obviously, not, you know, like <laughs> crazy characters in, in a party system. Why has there never been an RPG wrestling game where it's, you, you it's coming. like, yeah. I, yeah, I see WrestleQuest, but I, there's a part of me that like feels like that has been as plain as day where you have, uh, especially when you go back to like 80s wrestling, where the uh, main character, the protagonist gets fueled by the audience around him rather than any other source of energy. And it's just, you know, that Hulk Hogan type of energy where he's just like rising up, even though he's losing. Uh, there is that fantastical sense that's already been in live action wrestling that would fit perfectly into a wrestling RPG game and figure like, you know, when you unlock new abilities, like, you know, a super body slam or whatever, I just feel like there's a lot of finesse and uh, just flavor that you could put in a game like that that would translate exceedingly well to a wrestling game outside of the very action-y way that it is where you're just like hammering buttons to like try to beat someone to whatever. Like whenever you grapple up, you're usually just like slamming on a button and whoever mm -hmm. wins, wins. Um, I feel like turn-based would work way better uh, in that space. Yeah, so when when does WrestleQuest actually come out, Rich? Do you do you know? It's this month. I don't know what day, but it's this month on Switch and PC at least. See, I I don't I could not care less about wrestling even a little. I watched it when I was a kid and it, you know, I I got Same. I got past it and I just didn't don't care about it. But WrestleQuest has my attention. Like that game looks really fun and enjoyable. Uh, Tomorrow. So, it oh. comes out tomorrow? Tomorrow. Oh, yeah. oh well, now. I'm not playing it because I just bought Baldur's Gate 3, <laughs> and that's the game I'm playing right now. But yeah. it's definitely, it's it's like Russ said earlier, it's not a game that is like, okay, I have to, it doesn't have urgency to me. Right. And so it's definitely going to go on my wish list. It's going to be a great game to play on the Steam Deck or on the uh, ROG Ally. Um, do, you know, turn-based games like that are just always really, really great for that. All right, so for me... Uh, I have two. One is super easy, and I talked about it in the in, in a recent video. A Monster Hunter MMO with a persistent open world. Uh, like I would love to see that. But then the second one that I thought of during the show is a Street Fighter uh, Six. Like take the characters from Street Fighter Six, and instead of having a fighting game, have it be a side-scrolling beat 'em up, like Streets of Rage, like. Um, you know, final fight. Uh, I would love to see that. We had a game like that with, and I never played it, but Mortal Kombat had a side-scrolling beat-em-up with Sub-Zero a million years ago. I would really like to see Streets of uh, Streets of Street Fighter, I guess. I don't know. That's, that's, that's the one that I would really, really like to see. Uh, just because it would be an easy, like, I think that that would be an easy thing for them to do. Um, but... But that's just me. Uh, but let us know in the comment section down below what are some gem, uh, um, uh, genre changes that you'd like to see to some of your favorite games. Uh, and if you are uh, listening to the show on your favorite podcast 
uh, app. Uh, don't forget to rate the show. Uh, it is available wherever podcasts are downloaded. I had somebody leave a YouTube comment. They were like, I can't find it on Google Podcasts. And so I sent them a link. It's there. Uh, so the, make sure that you guys check out the description down below. Subscribe to all of these guys' channels if you haven't already. And subscribe to the, the, the podcast in your favorite podcasting app. And, you know, leave a like while you're down there as well. Uh, anybody have anything, uh, uh, videos that are coming out soon? Russ, what, what do you got coming out soon, this big, big video you've been working on? I've been working on the RGB 10.3 Max Pro. This is the worst name in the world. But this is a $115 handheld that uh, runs Linux and has some pretty good power. I can play all the way up to PSP, a little bit of GameCube and PS2. So good price, good like potential, pretty good form factor. Uh, it's just, just a lot of issues software and hardware with it and so that's what's taken me so much time but i'm hoping that video will be out tomorrow because it's pushing back all my other videos right now I've, i'm already three days like past my potential release date that i had in my head and in my google calendar and so i just need to get done with it right. and by the time you guys see this that video will be out probably Should because be. this doesn't come out until two days i need time to edit uh so make sure that you guys check that out carrie what what videos you've been working on man uh, last video I did was the GameCube Joy-Cons made by Nixie. They're the Nixie Wizard. Um, so that is a video that I just put out just recently. And it operates as I was hoping it would, which is that you see some things that are like Joy-Con-like, but they only work in a wired manner and they won't work in a wireless uh, manner. So these are essentially GameCube controllers that can be split apart and work just like a Joy-Cons are. So you, you dock them in. They can charge when while they're docked. You can take it out, and all the gyros are working in there. So they're really cool. Uh, I don't know if it's going to get a lot of traction. The other video I'm working on is the iNeo 1S. Just finished up all the benchmarks in the background while I was doing that, and I'm just going to be demoing it off. So it is uh, probably their best, smallest device that they have available right now. And then I'm also working on a bunch of other videos that I'm going to try to plan for later. Awesome. Uh, Rich, what about you, man? What, what videos we got to look forward to? Yeah, so August is a little weird for me in terms of schedule. We're closing out the summer, so we're, we've got a lot of family activities planned. But at the same time, I have a lot of videos that I, I do want to get out. So I'm almost done with a 1X Fly review. I'm working on the, the Air, 1S, uh, Air Plus 1S review as well. Uh, so I have those coming, and hopefully I'll get out a news video as well this week. So a lot of stuff I'm working on for sure. Awesome. And I was recently on an episode of uh, the podcast Wait You Haven't Seen with TV's Travis. We It's a movie podcast, and we watched what might be the worst movie that I've ever seen. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what it is. Uh, yes, I will. It's Jiu-Jitsu starring Nicolas Cage. It's a train wreck, but I also enjoyed watching this train wreck. So um, I'll try and put a link. I don't know if, his, if the episode will be out by the time this comes out but if it is i'll put a link down below so that you guys can check that out um, but that does it for this episode of the nerd nest podcast thank you guys for hanging out with us and uh if you enjoyed this video you'll probably enjoy this one stay rad everybody bye-bye <laughs>